Hey, 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 everyone. It's Dr. Tamara Beckford with Your Curing Dogs. That's right, where we're helping busy professional women put their health and wellness first, even if it's just for two hours a month. Why? Because they're like 730 hours in a month. We can at least dedicate two hours to ourselves, right? Health and wellness is important. It's so important to have a special guest here for you today. I'm going to bring her in in your curing dog's fashion. That's right. Alrighty. So our doc today is a graduate from Wayne State University School of Medicine. All my Wayne State grads. Hey, hey. Yes, you got one of your peoples here. And she did her training in family medicine at the Medical College of Georgia. She's currently practicing in Loganville, Georgia. So all my Loganville people, you got your doc here, which is the one, the only Dr. Carmen Echo. Hey, Dr. Eccles, how are you? Good afternoon. I'm well. How are you? I'm doing, doing, doing very well. I'm so excited that you're here, right? Because you are about to drop some knowledge on us as to why it is so important for us to see you. But before we go and dig very deep into this, I need to know the backstory of Dr. Eccles. I need to know, like, where did you develop your love for medicine? Like what brought you into this profession? Oh, so that is a big story behind that. So I'm originally from rural Mississippi, um, was growing up with my grandparents on the farm. It was just me, them, wide open spaces, dogs, cats, cows, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So my grandmother had high blood pressure and I'd actually sneak her stethoscope outside and listen to the heartbeats of the dogs and the cats. Oh, so, I almost became a vet. Mm. I sure did. <laughs> However, I wound up doing a research program at the University of San Francisco, UCSF actually. And I realized that I prefer to have people as my patients as opposed to animals. Mm -hmm. So that opened the door for me to become a physician. That was, I say, one of the biggest inspirations, one of the biggest experiences. Um, got to medical school, just knew I was going to be an endocrinologist. Okay. Mother was diagnosed with Graves' disease and diabetes when I was in high school. I would always go with her to the endocrinologist. He mm -hmm. teach me lots of stuff. Got to pathophys in med school, all the pathways, all the hormones. I said, yeah, what goes up must goes down. Now, this one goes up and up. But when this one goes up, that one goes down. And this one goes around. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I said, not for me. Um, I enjoyed the procedures I did in surgery. The lights were too hot. The gowns were too hot. Don't touch this. Don't contaminate the field. I said, all right, you're asking too much. Yes. Enjoyed emergency medicine, actually. All right, go ahead. Tell us what happened. Okay. <laughs> what happened was I wanted to follow the patients out the door. Oh, I wanted yeah. to know the what's next. Oh. It wasn't enough for me to lower that blood pressure and send uh, them out. I wanted to be like, okay, I feel did they you. change their diet? Did they continue the medication? Did their mm -hmm. blood pressure come down? <laughs> Welcome family medicine. <laughs> yes, yes, incorporates everything that you just described. Exactly. <laughs> love it love it well there you go you know 
Your love for primary care came through. You wanted to be able to follow along and to see if the guidance that you recommended, did it work? Yes. <laughs> did they follow it? Wait a minute. I thought I asked you to do this. Well, Dr. Eccles, mm, <laughs> right? So you can learn so much about people's lives when they come back, when you build that relationship too. Absolutely, absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And you know, that's it's so interesting because for me with emergency medicine, what I realized is that the building the quick relationship was something that I love doing. Um, after the long term, I forgot. Like, you know, so when I did my rotations and we were there and it was day three with Mr. X, I'm like, I don't even remember Mr. X. You know? <laughs> so but I would remember if I meet you really quickly and I'll remember everything about you. But by day three, it's gone. <laughs> Here right. is emergency medicine. And that's one of the difference. The longstanding relationship that's formed and that bond that we need in primary care. Now, interestingly, at the recording of this particular episode, the week after is National Primary Care Week. So go ahead, tell us all about the importance of our primary care doctors. So having a primary care physician is important for a multitude of reasons. Mm -hmm. Example, Dr. Bedford, as yes. an ER doctor, mm -hmm. she'll get your pressure down, but she won't necessarily be able to help maintain, help follow up regarding lifestyle recommendations. Mm -hmm. Okay, did that blood, did that medication work? Mm -hmm. um, if it didn't work, why didn't it work? Okay, yeah. so now let's got the blood pressure down. Let's work on other lifestyle modifications, weight loss. Oh, the weight's not coming down. Well, you know what? Let's explore why. Are you insulin resistant? Are you exercising? If you're not exercising, what mental state are you in mm -hmm. to keep you from exercising? Absolutely. All those things, I can do that as mm -hmm. a family medicine physician who functions in a primary care setting. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my colleagues call themselves birth to earth docs or even as far as womb to tomb, I am not family. Grave is what I say. <laughs> right. All sorts of things. I'm not cradle to grave, womb to tomb, anything of that nature. But I do see children starting at my current position, starting at 18 months of age for sick visits, starting at six for basically maintenance visits, mm -hmm. your routine primary care visits, all the way up. I think my oldest patient may be in her 90s. Oh, wow. Wow. Yes. And you know what is so important? This, um, we're talking about primary care and how the maintenance of that relationship with your primary care doctor. So that's one of the things that I see um, in the emergency room. So do you have a family doctor? Yeah. And, you know, when was the last time you visit? Oh, boy. You know, I've been okay. So, you know, I ain't been sick or... I've been feeling okay, so what is the point? Like, why am I going to my primary care doctor? Let's explore that and let these people who are in the audience who are like, well, I have a doctor, but I only go when I'm sick. You know, let's explain to them the importance of that maintenance visit and that screening visit that, you know, let's get you before you get sick. So I often tell people, I mean, so many people have vehicles now, 
be they electric or hybrid or gasoline or whatever the case may be, would you only take your car to the mechanic when it was going chitty, chitty, bang, bang? Mm -hmm. Or (laughs) would you take your vehicle in to get an oil change every three to 5,000 miles? Mm -hmm. You're driving a lot. Mm -hmm. Those treads are going to wear out on your car. Mm-hmm. Are you really comfortable taking a road trip on ball tires? With a baby smooth tire? Right. <laughs> or do you need some treads? Especially if you're going, one of my favorite places, the North Georgia Mountains. Mm-hmm. Just saying. So the same thing is important for you to go see your primary care doctor as well. I tell people, for the most part, people who have insurance, and even if they don't have insurance now, there's direct primary care. There's so many cost-effective ways to get in and see a physician. Mm-hmm. I say, please, y'all, once a year, mm-hmm. once a, get get your oil changed as a human being once yeah. a year. Yes. Go in, get your blood pressure checked, get your cholesterol, your thyroid if it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, I often tell people that technically cancer screening tests start now at 21 at least for women, with the pap smear. Mm -hmm. Go in, get your pap smear. Depending on the pap smear results, you may not need to get another pap smear done for another three to five years. However, make sure the blood pressure is okay, blood sugar is okay, cholesterol is okay. Once a year, that's it. That's all I ask. Mm-hmm. and make sure your mental health is okay once a year. Absolutely. And that's the other thing too, you know, that's important, especially now when we have mm-hmm. so many factors that can contribute to increase in anxiety and depression. It's okay to start with your primary care doctor. You know, it's not only that you'd need to see a psychiatrist or counsel talking with your primary care can get you through those first phases. Um, you never know if this might just be a transition that you're going through, but you're just thinking that this is just my life period. Well, this is just how I am. You know, grief counseling is important right now. We have a lot of people who are losing loved ones, right? Through COVID, unexpected death in younger people through this COVID virus and this pandemic that we're going through, lean on your family doctor. They're here for you to help you through these um, trying times, right? So I don't think people recognize that. There's a lot that your family doctor can do for you. Go ahead. I was going to say, let alone our colleagues too. As a matter of fact, I recently spoke to a colleague who was going through some things with her practice, a loss, a tragic, tragic loss of loved one, unexpected mm-hmm. during this pandemic that was not COVID related. And mm-hmm. we were on the phone for almost an hour. And toward the end of that hour, I said, are you seeing a therapist? Mm-hmm. And she started laughing. I said, no. I said, I'm not saying that to belittle you. I'm not saying that to be funny. I said, but you just unloaded a lot mm-hmm. on me. Mm-hmm. How is your mindset? How is your mental health? She said, you know what? She said, I think I may need to go. I said, I know you need to go. Mm-hmm. I said, just I said, just keep that in mind. I said, hold that, think about it. And 
I said, take care of yourself too. So you can continue to be here for your patients. Absolutely. And that's one of the things I'm so glad that you brought that up. And that's one of the things we're trying to really stress here on our Your Karen Docs um, platform is that you have to take care of yourself, especially, and we're not like negating the males, but you know, this is a platform that we're letting our females know, our busy professional women, you know, health and wellness is important. Taking care of your health and wellness is the utmost importance because you're there usually taking care of others. So if you are taking care of your family, you're taking care of not just maybe your kids, maybe and your spouse or you know your significant other, you may also be taking care of an elderly family member or a very sick family member who now the onus is on you to help them, right? And it might be a financial burden, time burden, emotional burden, and you will ensure that they have all of their doctor's appointments set, but whose doctor's appointment is not set? Yours. Exactly. So <laughs> exactly. And I often tell my patients when they come in, and of course, with me being a woman, I have a large female population too. Mm -hmm. I tell them, I said, take a break for a couple of minutes a day. Mm -hmm. I said, just leave them alone. Yes, it'll be there when you get back. I said, but at least for that little short period of time, you're focused on you. Mm -hmm. If you need to go to the doctor, if you need to step away for a minute, mm -hmm. employ some help, outsource, get somebody. It doesn't have to be you pay someone to come in and do anything. Pull in the family member and be like, hey, you know what? I really need you right now. And I need to, yeah, but you know, they're not going to do it the way I, I would do it. So. Okay, B plus is better than no help, right? Exactly. And also <laughs> too, I said, okay, I said, say you keep going the way you're going and something happens to you and they have to take care of you. Guess what? You can't do anything because mm -hmm. you're down for the count. Somebody else is going to have to do it anyway. Might as well get somebody else to do it while you heal yourself. Absolutely. And that's just so vital. And I love that you're really expressing this out here. This is something that is so, it's challenging for us, but it's necessary. It's also necessary because like we said, you cannot pour from an empty vessel. If your cup is completely empty, what are you going to be able to give to others? Exactly. So let's renew our spirit and our energy, get your health and wellness in check so that you can continue taking care of all that you have on your plate. Now, we're doing all of this. We talk about all this importance of helping and self-care. Now we want to know, what are you doing for self-care, Dr. Eccles? Oh, lots of things. <laughs> all right, well, go ahead. Where, I mean, really, it's like, where did I begin? Because the running joke was it actually started in residency. Um, full disclosure, full transparency. Um, in hindsight, I definitely had a bout with depression in medical school and residency. And I realized, at least in medical school, traveling and like literally physically stepping away uh -huh. was what helped. Um, I remember I had, I don't know what year that Camry was, but it made me fall in love with Toyota Camry. My current car is a Camry. I think <laughs> it was a 1995, like a great purple Camry. Ooh. 
My grandparents did not want me to drive it from Michigan to Mississippi, but I kept telling them, I have to go home. Mm-hmm. They're like, fly. No, mm-hmm. I have to go home. Well, what about the car? I said, I got it checked out by a mechanic. Well, what about the bells? Guess what? I got the bells. Well, what about the timing belt? Doesn't have a timing belt. It has a timing change. Chain. <laughs> hey. So they finally said, all right, let us know where you are. Come on home. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I drove by myself mm-hmm. from Detroit, Michigan to the small town in Mississippi where I grew up stayed down there for five days and then drove right back up to Michigan by myself. Best thing I've ever done. Wow. What is the scenery at that point? Cause you're gorgeous. Cause I did it in the fall. Oh, in the fall. So you saw the foliage and. I did. Oh my goodness. So fast forward to residency, same thing. The running joke was anytime that the inpatient rotation would end, that gold Honda, I had a gold Honda then. Nice. That gold Honda would be gone. Drew, <laughs> all you saw was smoke. <laughs> and it was a running joke. All of my fellow residents said, okay, we, all right, Carmen, where are you going? You going to Atlanta or you going to the low country? And they knew I was going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Of course, with marriage and kids, couldn't just be that spontaneous anymore. Mm-hmm. So things like drinking coffee mm-hmm. at a coffee shop. Outside, I like the outside a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, getting outdoors mainly. Mm-hmm. I actually just put some um, bushes in the ground around the perimeter of our fence to set up sort of a privacy hedge recently. Mm-hmm. Some people see that as work, and it is work, it is physical work, but I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed being out there mm-hmm. with the fresh air. Mm-hmm. Um, I am now volunteering in my community as well. I'm part of the Junior League of DeKalb. I enjoy volunteering with those ladies once a month, serving the community. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I am a co-lead for the Outdoor Afro Atlanta Network. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows me to get outside more because I have to actually scout locations if I'm taking people on hikes. Mm-hmm. I have to scout the location myself first, and then I get a chance to fellowship with people and take them on outdoor activities that they otherwise probably would not experience. Wow. Those are the things that I do for my break. Not to mention the routine stuff like, yeah, the spa, the massages, but those things, just leaving, Mm -hmm. physical state, drinking my coffee and being outside. Those are the things I would probably say are uniquely me. Wonderful, wonderful. I love it. I love it. And I, I love that part of your self-care also, you know, is the awareness, like, you know, my self-care, and that's one of the things I also have noted is that your self-care is unique to you. Mm-hmm. So what everyone else, you know, might see as their, well, aren't you, you know, as even mentioned, like, yeah, I might do the occasional massage and spa, but that doesn't really bring as much joy to me as being outdoors, you know, going, sitting outside a coffee shop by myself with no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like that is uniquely you. I love the way you said it, the uniquely me, that's what brings me joy. That's my self-care. And you know, what's so interesting how kids 
watch that too, how they notice that too. I have a hammock in the backyard and my daughter was sitting in the hammock and I asked her what she was doing. And she said, I'm just relaxing right now. Okay. Okay. So you see what mommy's doing uh-huh. and you see it brings me joy. Mm-hmm. So you're getting into self-care at six years I old. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And the importance is where you're imparting it, right? Mm-hmm. You're seeing that they're, they're also doing. Absolutely. Alrighty. This has been so good. But you know, I'm going to dig in a little more because I need to know. <laughs> if you weren't a doctor, what would you be, Dr. Eagles? You know, that probably changes with time, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But I'll say, well, I don't remember the name of the van that was on um, Scooby-Doo, some, the something machine, right? The, the, was it the magic machine? It wasn't. But it was the van that they all rode in. Yes, yes, I do. I I can clearly see it green, and it has the definite um, flower power. Flower. Yes, <laughs> on yes. the side. Yes, and the and such and such machine or something. Right. Yes. I would, my husband probably be like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? I pack <laughs> up my family and we hit the road and we do road trips just for the heck of it. That's for the fun of it. So you'd be um, like a road trip guide. <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I probably would. <laughs> I love it. I would just to see different areas of the country mm-hmm. and to travel. Um, the other thing that I probably would have been would have been if I didn't have such an extended break from doing it would mm-hmm. probably be a classical pianist. Because I was actually trained in classical piano from Mm -hmm. the ages, uh, like formally trained, age 7 to 17. Mm -hmm. Then got to undergrad, was spending more time in the piano room than I was studying for biology. Great, started to dip. And I'm like, well, I do want to become a physician. So Mm -hmm. slowly but surely, classical music, piano actually took a back burner. Mm-hmm. And I don't really play as much anymore, but that would have been one of the things that I told you if you would pose the same question to me in undergrad. You'd be a classical pianist. I love it. Do you still for a living? Play? Huh? For a living, yes. That's oh, what I would wow. do. Do you mm-hmm. still play for relaxation? Is it now a form of relaxation or is it uh it makes me think of what I could have been doing? Like when you think or you sit at the piano. It's more of a what I could have been now because I really honestly probably stopped about residency mm. completely. Mm. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Because I, I had a um, another of this lovely conversation with another physician and she's a ballet and she, would, she said, you know, she loves ballet. She actually um, trained in it, but because of physical limitations that she you know, got a little bit older, she was unable to continue. And so, but she does hyper mobility. She's actually a hyper mobility expert. Yeah. So, you know, her thing is she, I think residency was when she did too. She says, I don't even know why I actually was like in the nutcracker (laughs) and she had to sell tickets for it, you know, but um, in the end, you know, she said that she would, 
have, you know, continued and would love to be a ballet dancer. So I love the fact that both of you have this um, training in the classical arts, but your interpretation for it at this point in your life is different. Yes. Yes, it brings, it evokes different emotions in you at this point in your life. And we say this point because as we said, life is fluid, right? This is basically one. And you never know in 2022, all of a sudden Dr. Eccles is back on her classical piano and she's doing tours. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. Alrighty. So let's know Dr. Eccles, where can we find you? Where can we find you out there in social media land? So you can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, a little bit on Twitter, but not much at Mm -hmm. Dr. Carmen Eccles. That's at D-R-C-A-R-M-E-N-E-C-H-O-L-S. All righty. Wonderful. And are you available for public speaking opportunities? Do you do that? If they come my way, absolutely. One thing that I love to do, absolutely love to do, one of my passions actually is community education about primary care, family Mm -hmm. medicine, and specifically um, diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, preventing death and devastation due to those conditions and promoting generational health. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, I had a lot of fun. (laughs) This is so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us. And I do want to let you guys know that this episode is available on our YouTube channel. We will have it out. We'll let you know. And as this, we are in the beginning of October and October is in a addition to primary care um, awareness the week is in October we also have women cancer awareness month in October and us here at your care and docs we have our first empower and inform women's cancer summit that we are gonna have it's free 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 and it's virtual it is going to be on October 25th through the 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm very, very, very excited about this because we have um, our doctor, Dr. Lorna Rodriguez, who is from California. She's a gynecologist, oncologist, researcher, and expert. And she's going to tell us all about ovarian cancer. We also have Dr. Minako Abi, who is from Tokyo, Japan. And she is going to talk to us about immunotherapy along with Dr. Mitra Ayazafar, who is also from California. She is a survivor of ovarian cancer. And also to top it off at the end of that week on the 28th at 7 p.m., we have Dr. Abina Brewster, who is an MD, an epidemiologist, breast cancer researcher at MD Anderson here in Houston. And she's going to be available. She's going to talk to us about breast cancer, about um, all the different ways and all the research that's out there. And we're going to have some great question and answer. So we are super excited. So you guys definitely make sure you join us for this wonderful and free event. And you just can register right on your Karen Docs website, www.urcaringdocs.com. That's your Karen Docs. And your Karen Docs, we have this wonderful interview to be available, like I said, on our website and on our Your Karen Docs, Docs Who Cares podcast. So we are going to thank Dr. Carmen Echo. Thank you. Yes, I had a wonderful Yes, so we're going to see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.